When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Geekscapist, welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm Jonathan Lennon, your host, and we've been doing Geekscape for 13 years now. If you're returning to Geekscape, you know what to expect. Some pop culture talk. If this is your first Geekscape, well, it's a little weird. We're in the middle of a pandemic, but you're still going to get that pop culture talk. I like to sit down with a guest every week and talk about the current going-ons. Um, this week is a little interesting. Uh, we're still sitting here waiting to, uh, to know if San Diego Comic-Con's canceled. We talked about it last week on the show, and all the reasons it should be canceled. And now it looks like there's a lot of virtual conventions that are coming up and uh, and sort of springing out of nowhere, including uh, last weekend's WonderCon, which went virtual. Um, I'm here with Chris Gore, longtime friend of Geekscape. Uh, he's from Film Threat. He is Film Threat, in my opinion. And, uh, and uh, yeah, he's here to talk virtual conventions with me. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great, Jonathan. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on the show. This is awesome. <laughs> so uh, we started talking on Facebook because we're part of like a SDCC uh, group that is kind of like trying to keep its ear to the ground and say whether or not San Diego is going to be canceled, not canceled. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con is really the Super Bowl of the pop culture conventions in North America. Um, it's going to get canceled, right? I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that it is. I, I know that like it was reported last week that or it actually leaked out. Uh, just last week that there was a meeting with the hotels, right? Because San Diego Comic-Con has blocks of rooms at all the various surrounding hotels in San Diego. And they needed to discuss a an exit plan. So there was discussion of what the exit plan would be. That indicates to me that what they're doing is it's it's not a matter of if it will be canceled. It's a matter of when and how. And if, for example, they'll do some kind of virtual con, actually, WonderCon, oddly enough, has been doing virtual panels. Um, if you go to the WonderCon YouTube page, um, they're actually we, we actually were supposed to do a panel at WonderCon, a film threat panel called Future Indies You Must See, which is a panel we do at conventions where we screen trailers for upcoming independent films 
sci-fi fantasy horror films that are coming out. And we basically did the panel over, over a live stream. So, and then we showed the trailers. So I don't know if San Diego is going to do something like that. I, I, th- th- I mean, there's a couple of reasons that I think is one, I, I think that we'll be beginning to open. Restaurants will start to open. Things will start to return to normal. You're just not going to have gatherings of groups over a certain number of people. And I mean, I mean, wouldn't I mean, San Diego's what? Almost 150,000 people. Yeah, so- and I think Gavin Newsom has already said our governor's already said that uh he's not going to allow that kind of gathering until the end of summer, which yeah. pretty much like negates concerts and negates comic-con and i'm one of the people who as an exhibitor had a hotel uh i had a a, a really nice hotel set up for this uh, summer at comic-con about a block uh from the convention center across the street at like second street in the gas lamp and we 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 have not gotten our deposit back and we haven't gotten any uh news of a cancellation but it's i'm pretty sure that it's in the coming in the next week or two um what should they do? Should they postpone it? Would you be open to possibly a Comic-Con that happens in November or December uh, that steers clear of LA Comic-Con? Let's say LA Comic-Con in October is usually around Halloween weekend. Uh, it manages to, to go on. Let's say everything is lifted uh, safely by October. Do you see uh, San Diego possibly leapfrogging LA Comic-Con and doing something in December uh, or maybe a, a November con? I, I think that they should. I think that they, I even suggested on social media, I said they should just combine San Diego Comic-Con and WonderCon, call it San Diego WonderCon and just do it, uh, you know, do it later in the fall. LA Comic-Con is kind of on the bubble. I mean, it's at the LA Convention Center and it takes place September 25th through the 27th. I always pitch them panels. Um, sometimes I've had a booth. So I don't know. You know, I, I I think that that's kind of on the bubble. I am concerned about Star Wars Celebration, which is in Anaheim at the Anaheim Convention Center, which was where WonderCon was supposed to take place. And and I don't know, Star Wars Celebration, will it happen? I don't know. I mean, I do have tickets. It's the last weekend in August. So it is kind of on that. That could be one of the first major events that actually happens. But I feel like San Diego Comic-Con is is sort of in the window of when things would be would be canceled. But I think a rescheduling of San Diego Comic-Con would be amazing. It would really be great with how terrible this year has been um, to end the year on a positive note, which is San Diego Comic-Con happening during the holidays, maybe late November, December in San Diego. I think it would be amazing. I think that they, I think they should consider it. Yeah, you just don't know what that space is booked for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. There's, I think there's conventions through. I mean, it is the convention center for San Diego, and it does everything from Comic Con to medical conventions and more. Uh, well, it's who knows? You know, it's currently housing um, about fifteen hundred homeless veterans, right? Like that's that's what, yeah. um, which which is smart for the city. I mean, to you know. Uh, decrease the spread of the virus. They've allowed um, the city's homeless to use San Diego Comic-Con. I actually saw pictures of it and it's so weird because, I mean, you can look this up on the internet. There was a news report from local San Diego news and it's it's been reported and it's the same convention center we know and love that we've been to many times for the con and it's taped off with beds and um it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a sad sight, you know? 
Let's be clear, though. That does look like the lawn outside of Hall H, though, during Comic-Con. <laughs> I mean, the whole H line. Oh my God. Yeah. But I think those people are camping out overnight throughout the weekend. Like that, that looks exactly like the whole H line. Just add a couple lightsabers and it is the whole H line. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because, you know, we can solve this. We can do a virtual con, you know, here we did our panel for WonderCon over a live stream, which it's not the same experience. It's, it's like how did uh, what did you use? Did you was we, it something like Zoom where you no, can only we, have forty five people watching live? Or we used Streamyard, which I was just talking to you about before we recorded. Streamyard.com. It's a it's you you can test it. Um, I do recommend if you're listening to this, you're thinking about doing um, the Central Coast uh, Comic Expo, um, uh, which is run by a friend of mine named Jesse Banda. They actually did a virtual con and they were just on a live stream all day on YouTube and they just kept bringing people in. You can have a maximum of six people. You can also share screen. You can, you can upload videos and share videos. Um, you do need a very good internet connection. I will say my internet connection at my residence is not so awesome. So it's, it's sketchy, but I've been using it for podcasts on our Film Threat YouTube channel. So I do recommend checking out StreamYard. Um, I, I think that there are better options out there, more professional options. This is sort of an entry level and we're testing it. But I, I think, I, I don't know. It I, sounds I think good. It's, it's, yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's, it's, it, I mean, you should check it out yourself. You might be able to use it for future episode of Geekscape. Geeks, Geeks It'd be Geeks fun. <laughs> and what's cool about it, it you said that i could have uh six people on the same feed so i could bring in like uh a guest streaming from their house or yep. maybe matt in philadelphia or derek in vancouver we could all kind of come in and, and have a, a a panel almost like you guys had yeah and you can you can share screens you can show youtube videos or whatever that's that's what we did um i'm sure it'll be on the WonderCon um youtube channel later but the thing is is putting on a virtual con i think is one thing i think it's different when you're trying to get talent right i think i think one of the great experiences um you know from going to san diego comic-con uh, as, as long as i have being in that hall h room the energy in the room it's not i mean it just shows you especially when you see these late night hosts dying on their live stream <laughs> as much as i feel like the yeah. late night format just was dead kind of already that <laughs> format has been taken over by things like in my opinion joe rogan you know the joe rogan show on youtube is really that's that's, you know, people want to hear long, in-depth, deep dive conversations, not these, you know, overproduced five minute joke that was written for you by some producer. And then like, I'm promoting my movie. No one cares about that kind of stuff anymore. It's the, the late night format is dead. And it's really dead when you see these late night hosts, like try to transition to doing what Rogan's been doing, right? Like, and have these conversations. I mean, I've been listening to, I've been listening to Howard Stern since the nineties, but you know, he's doing kind of a format that's like this, but he's, I mean, that, that's, that's his wheelhouse. I mean, that's his whole thing. He's the best at it. Is Yeah. He's great. Live, you know, deep conversations, but I don't know how the panels will be done. I mean, what are they going to do? Bring in like, and here's the cast of the Fantastic Four. John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. Here he is. Emily Blunt as the Invisible Woman. I mean, what is... Uh... That specific casting would get me excited. Oh, that would... But I... you're right. I'm still over a computer while I'm watching it. Exactly. So, I mean, they could do something like that. I just don't think that they're prepared to because I had a long conversation with a friend of mine who works in production on big movies. 
And he was telling me he doesn't know how Hollywood is going to do this. Because if you're looking at, and you know about production, you're a filmmaker. How are we going to get, how are we going to make movies like Star Wars and Marvel movies today? We're talking about crews that a small crew for a film like that is 70 people. Right. Yeah. 70 people on average. We're looking at second unit. Sometimes. <laughs> right. Right. Sometimes hundreds of people. Insurance companies are not going to are not going to be behind it. You're not going to look at like if one of your talent gets coronavirus. I think that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson getting coronavirus sent shockwaves through the industry. How are you going to do love scenes? And a, another question. Are we going to look back on movies made in our recent past? Kind of like the way the Me Too movement kind of made us look back on movies that were five or 10 years old and kind of cringe like, Oh, wow. Yeah. That boy, that, that really stands out. I I feel like, are we going to watch movies and see people shake hands and go, wow, people don't shake hands anymore. I think we're already feeling that. Like, I don't know what you've been binging during this uh, quarantine, but you're still watching stuff and it is a different world. And when you see a bunch of people gathering together on film you're like, whoa, that feels alien to me already. And we've only been quarantining for three or four <laughs> days. Like, you want to watch the end of the Bicycle Thieves where they're all kind of like walking in Rome together? <laughs> and you're like, hey, you guys need to stay six feet apart. <laughs> like, that's enough. I know the soccer game just let out, but you guys need to spread up a little bit. It's um, it's going to feel weird. It's already I'm, feeling alien. It's already feeling weird. It already feels weird. And it's weird. I'm thinking like one of my favorite, you know, just as a Fantastic Four fan, because I brought it up. Um, I'm a big fan of the Fantastic Four. And there's that iconic shot that's in every origin telling of the Fantastic Four where they put their hands all together, right? Like they're a group. They're the four. How are they going to do that scene now? They're going to be touching hands. No, I, I don't think it's going to help. I don't know. The good it, news is Mr. Fantastic can be 20 feet away and do that. Or he can do that. He can, yeah, <laughs> distance. Oh my God. Uh, but, yeah, and, and would Ben get the coronavirus? I don't Obviously, know. Johnny Johnny can burn it off. Right, and, right. And, and Sue is really good at keeping distance. She can, she literally can keep distance any way she wants. I think that the danger there is Reed, Reed can just, I mean, he stretches six feet at any time. Um, it really comes down to Ben. Ben has right. to be physically there. Um, so I think the Fantastic Four, they're going to have to, yeah, there's going to be some learning curve to them on the coronavirus. Oh well, I just wonder. And how the X Men are totally screwed. Like Wolverine can't do shit. I wonder how it's going to affect everything. I mean, I remember when this thing first started. I thought, well, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to because there's a book I've been wanting to write for like the last couple of years. I'm like, if I just had a break, I could write this book. But I'm so like many of us stressed out. Like every, I'm probably sleeping four hours a night on a good night. Every every morning, I look at that YouTube video that's the live feed of all the cases and 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 people who've recovered oh, you can't do that, man. it's you can't I, I don't think you can do that chris like that tanks you the second you wake up you can't start the no, day like that. I, I got it you know what i gotta do i gotta take a, a a a digital break i just have to like not watch the news not but but it's it's relentless i finally even posted on social media i said just a note to my friends please between the hours of 9 a.m and 5 p.m i'm trying to be productive Refrain from sending your quarantine memes, your, you know, scary articles, your like videos. You're just like, like, just please, like just between work hours, can I just get a free moment to just focus and then later send me? Cause I mean, the memes of the memes have actually been, been pretty entertaining. If you, if you ask me, I mean, in light of current circumstances, um, you know, yeah, we but have it's still that 
rule where 10% of every joke is reality. And so even right. the memes are based in this fact that we're completely fucked right now. Yeah, I, I'm the thing that I am concerned about is I believe in our scientists' ability to defeat this. Like there will be a vaccine, there will be protocols that make sense. There will these things are all coming. It's just this, you know, came at us. I I I, I know there's been a lot of criticism, you know, for our, our, the reaction to this, but if you look at the media, they weren't paying attention. There had been previous viruses that had only affected um China. And we didn't care. And and it wasn't getting coverage because we our, our media is so focused on what's happening in America. You know, it just if it doesn't affect us, we don't care. So which is sad. But um, because there have been previous viruses that never made it to the states, even Ebola didn't, you know. It, it, it didn't really have an impact. So so it was ignored. It was ignored. Um, Kobe Bryant died, which which tragically, which affected, I, I just, I was depressed for days over that. I mean, that was, it really affected this city and it just showed you how fragile life is and the way he died and his, his daughter, I have a daughter myself. And it just really like, it, it just affected a lot. So we weren't, we didn't have our eye on the ball. And when it happened, it happened so quickly. I remember going out the last night I went out, I saw Jeff Goldblum at the LA Rockwell stage. If you are um, in Los Angeles, the LA Rockwell table and stage, which I assume it's going to stay in business and reopen, Jeff Goldblum, when he is not working, does a show there every Wednesday. It's dinner theater. He plays piano. He reads tweets. He does jokes. He walks up to people's tables and asks them questions. He does Q and A's. It's awesome. It, it's, it's freestyle jazz. And he's amazing. And I remember like everything was sort of like happened, like uh, it was like minute by minute, there was some like Tom Hanks has it, this is happening, this is closed, whatever. Went to that show and it felt like a last supper. We were all sitting around going, this is the last time we're going to go out. It's the last time we're getting drinks. You knew it then? What's that? You knew that then? I Well, yeah, this was like, yeah, this was like mid-March, just before, a little little over a month ago, just when the hammer dropped. And we're just like, oh, this is the last time we're going out. And even Jeff Goldblum, because I had, this is, I'd seen him previously do this show. He always poses for pictures and does selfies with everyone. He does a break and then pose. He did not do pictures. He didn't talk to anyone. He didn't touch anybody. He barely left the stage. And that's not how he did it before. I will say this, Jeff Goldblum, very handsy with the ladies. Um, uh, yeah, Heidi uh, did the Jeff Goldblum thing. <laughs> handsy, but like, I don't, yeah. I've never heard any woman complain. He's just very, very like, oh, he, his arms around women. He's, he's not, he's not doing anything amorous. appropriate. He's very amorous and like, yes. hello, how are you? And and it's Jeff Goldblum. And uh, and I don't think any of that stuff is is me too stuff with mm. Jeff Goldblum. I, I just think he's, he's endearing. And um and and his hands are where they're supposed to be when right, you're right. hugging somebody. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. So the the virtual convention thing, because this is what it looks like to be our reality this year. Um, how somebody like, let's say I'm I'm not a star, but I have an artist alley table. How am I supposed to even have a presence on any of these virtual cons, or should I just be pointing people to my Shopify or my Etsy store at this point? Because is there a place for an independent creator in? A virtual convention see, see that's the thing is you could put on a panel right and marvel can announce the cast of whatever new project they've got going i think for for artists 
you really got to get creative. I think it's a matter of, um, first of all, I, I do know that WonderCon, not only did they on the, uh, if you go to, uh, you can just Google WonderCon, go to their social media and go to the website, but, but they, they have a badge you can print out like, like you've attended the con, which is actually kind of cool. Uh, a friend of mine, Jeff Tucker, he and his family, he's, he's quarantined with his wife and three kids and they actually printed out the badges and waited in line. And they did all these funny videos as if they were at a con at the house. <laughs> and they, they filmed themselves watching videos of old Comic-Con panels. It was, and, and then they waited in line for, it was really funny. Um, but, but also what WonderCon has done is they featured a lot of those artist alley, um, uh, uh, designers and artists, which is pretty cool with links to where to purchase their items. I don't know that just posting a listing and links is enough. I think that really for artists, it's a matter of, of, I think that Instagram is the preferred, um, platform for, for most artists, alley artists to feature their work. I mean, it really is, uh, you know. Uh, check the check the link in the description, right? That's the it's the the term that's used so often. Um, I really think it's it's uh, on, on getting on social media and doing live streams. I mean, if if you could sort of group different types of artists that work in certain mediums, right? Whether it's like indie comics or someone that does paintings and or someone that does figures, maybe maybe it's a way of getting them together and and having them do use this StreamYard platform, which is not the only one out there. Obviously you can, you can record a zoom live stream. Um, but I, I think it's a matter of featuring it that way. And um, there isn't really one place to go. And I think what's going to happen is a lot of these companies, I think you're going to see, cause I had heard that, um, that Facebook was paying these DJs. It seems like every time I went on Instagram, Diplo was going live. I felt like Diplo was stalking me. <laughs> But but I, I'm told that those artists are being paid to DJ um, and to keep people. There's like tips. There's obviously tips going on. There's tips. There's yeah. So I think that perhaps artists and artist alley can take a cue from that. And um, I mean, I was doing Instagram live for a little bit. Then I noticed everyone. Every time I go on Instagram, I get a notification that everyone is going live. I just wonder if there's anyone listening. But I I think that it's I think it's an it's. I mean, this is obviously an opportunity for all of us to reflect and appreciate, you know, just simply going to the grocery store and restaurants and sort of going about our business, you know, uh, without any concerns. I think it's challenging for artists right now. I mean, um, you've been around this industry a long time. What would your suggestions be? I mean, other than continuing to promote on social media, which seems really the only way. Yeah, everybody's flooded social media at the moment, and it's in the artists that I see are doing the live sketches, and those are kind of getting some views because why not? You want to see how it ends up, right? I think that even before this, live sketches were something where uh, you could watch over Facebook and see how an artist finishes up a sketch and how it's going to finish up or commission them. And now we see this trend where somebody is saying, suggest six characters and, t- and, and I'll sketch them out. Have you, you've seen, you've seen that happen on Twitter and Instagram, right? Oh, I like, love I love it. It's great. I think it's awesome uh, where an artist will sketch six figures. And that is a part of just being creative. Are they then selling those pieces of art off? I think that's an opportunity, but um, there's something about the foot traffic at a convention that, 
was profitable. And for something like the Geekscape booth, it was important for people to walk through on their way to Fox or Marvel or something that they had circled in their in their guide to walk past Geekscape and be like, hey, what what is this? What, what are these shirts? What, what are, what's the podcast? What's that thing playing on the TV? What do you guys do? And the discoverability factor of a convention is something that I think we're going to lose quite a bit of just from a digital virtual makeup. And I don't know how you get that back because it's now a volume game. Who is louder than, than, than the competition online? And that came down to whether or not you garnered enough followers in the, in the time when we weren't all quarantined having virtual conventions. Right. I think, I think the fourth quarter is going to be jam packed. I really believe that. Like if you look at November alone, the movies that are coming out in November are insane and fingers crossed, hopefully Dune still opens, you know, in December as it's planned to, I imagine they're in the post phase, which you can, you can more, you know, more than likely you'll be able to get through post, you know, via the quarantine and continue on schedule with that film. Um, although it, it wouldn't bother me if they pushed it off to next year, just to give it a little bit more time to work on that film. That is my most anticipated movie of this year. But November's schedule is insane in terms of the movies. And I, I would love to see San Diego WonderCon take place in November. Maybe it's happening two weekends back to back at WonderCon because maybe in Anaheim and San Diego, however they decide to do it. The city needs the money. The artist need, needs the money. One of, one of my, um, uh, uh, Tony Kim, a good friend of mine. Who I love Tony Kim. Love Tony Kim. I am a customer of Hero Within. I've bought any, anything Batman related that Tony makes. I just, he knows I'm going to buy it, right? Um, it's all super high quality. And Tony has shifted his production towards making N95 masks. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I think that I yeah. think that those masks actually, when you go to conventions, I think it's going to be pretty cool. I've already seen on Instagram ads for like a Darth Vader, like uh, a bandana mask and, and a bunch of other nerd related masks. I think those are going to be huge when conventions come back, right? Very I'll, take the, I'll take that over the slew of, ti of Tiger Kings we're going to get any day of the week. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> you fucking know it's going to be all Tiger King all the time once Comic-Con opens up again, and we're going to be tired of that. <sighs> Halloween is going to be hell. I can't wait. For the, I can't wait for the, the Tiger. Tiger. Yeah, the Tiger King cosplay is going to be amazing. <laughs> I can't wait. But Tony Kim has shifted his business online, but I know he makes a chunk at those conventions. Not only he's he's all about new customers, right? He's finding new customers with his with with his products. So um, he does a fashion for those who don't know here within you can go to herewithin.com, dr drop Tony a note, tell him Chris Gore says hello. Um, but he does these upscale fashion uh, fashion for nerds. It's Hero Within. It's 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 blazers, really really nice like um, sports coats, blazers, um, and jackets. But they're subtly nerdy. You could wear it, and if someone doesn't know it's a Captain America jacket, they just it's just a cool jacket or a Batman blazer. But it's but it's awesome. So so I just don't. I'm just fingers crossed he's going to be able to survive. And once we get to fourth quarter, I am just really hoping because con season kind of ends November and December. I mean, there aren't really any major cons in those months. Would you agree? Yeah. And I think that people um, are shifting their dollars towards the holiday buying. And so, it, you know, after, I mean, Black Friday is that big 
push, you know, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And then everyone's kind of holding on to their dollars to make sure that they have presence of the tree. Um, and I don't know if that's con friendly because the conventions, right. everybody goes to the conventions and they have the dollars that they want to spend at the convention. Um, so budgeting for both, that might be a problem. But like you said, we've got a Marvel film coming out in November. We have another Marvel film coming out in February. Uh, it's really compressed the release schedule for a lot of these event films. And now it, we're going to end up having for uh, 2021 is going to have a major film every weekend. It feels like yeah, it is. Um, now. Yeah. I mean, from the fast and the furious to Marvel to Mulan to these movies, they have all started to, to shift towards fourth quarter uh, 2020. And they're all starting to pepper the spring as well. And beyond that, we have a couple of Disney Plus shows in the Marvel lineup that are coming up True. at the same time. From Winter, I mean, we're going to have the the Winter Soldier stuff coming out, the Falcon Winter Soldier, and then we've also got supposedly the second season of Mandalorian. I don't know if that was, how far that was in production. Well, no, no, this thing hit, they wrapped. But they kept saying fall. Remember, they were saying fall twenty twenty. We're going to get a Mandalorian season two. That um, was John Favreau's big big announcement with the. You know, so well, well they see. did wrap. They did wrap shooting. That I know because I know a couple of people who work on the show. They did wrap shooting. I think the big question is going to be how this affects Hollywood product. Hollywood production may not return until the fall, and I don't think that sports will return until late fall, um, likely November. How do you make an indie movie? Well, well, this is what's great about indie movies. Yeah, this is what's great yeah. about indie movies. I think this is a golden opportunity for independent film, and that's my jam with FilmThreat.com that's what we cover, right? We cover movies that come out on VOD, movies that come to Amazon Prime, movies that they're big release. They might open in one or two theaters, which is irrelevant. It's really for indie filmmakers. That's just for promotion. It's just to promote their VOD release. So we are covering, nothing is really, it hasn't affected us. If anything, we've amped up our efforts to cover indie movies coming to VOD. So I'm really excited. I think it's I think it's a golden opportunity with all these big studio movies kind of out of the way for indie filmmakers to actually take advantage of the fact that people want to see new cool stuff. Like so many, I mean, like, and, and there's a lot we I do this award show that actually you attended. Um, I was happy. It was to, great. Yeah, it was fun. Award this. And we look at, you know, honoring these movies. When you look at award shows, right? Um, award shows just award the same 15 movies. It's the same 10 or 15 movies that are all getting the bulk of, of the award nods. We, we honor true small indie movies in all sorts of genre categories. Um, and it gives you an opportunity to discover a whole world of indie films. Um, so, so we're continuing with, it's also, I'll point out, it's the only award show you can actually buy a ticket for. You can't get a ticket to the Oscars, but you can buy a ticket to award this. Just go to awardthis.com. There's a little thing to click to um, when tickets go on sale. Uh, we're doing the event in February. It's the week before the Oscars. But yeah, no, it's it, it's fun. It's just, a, it, really, we're just highlighting movies you should know about. But I don't think that this is going to affect indie film as much. Certainly, we're all in quarantine now, right? But once it opens up, most indie film crews are under 10 people. Let's Let's be honest, right? Yeah, we we were we had just cast an actor in our film uh, a week before this shut down, and we had started moving with uh, UTA on putting the rest of the cast together. But um, I saw a crew maybe of twenty, yeah, for that one. Um, but uh, I think that can I think you can ensure that as long you know. And we I, I've been reading on Twitter about what that film makeup would be. What would that production makeup be? I mean, obviously, craft service is probably out. You've got to test everybody before the film starts. You've got to do uh, testing during. It'll be easier once we have an antibody test 
to uh, to test people on a daily basis uh, on a film set. And then I think, you know, uh, for these films have limited casts and limited locations anyway. So I agree with you that some of these indie films will be able to go faster than than the bigger movies. Uh, that being said, the money people are the ones who are going to be shaky about it. You know, but yeah. they were always shaky about indie film. It's just a matter of being creative. You know, these are this is a this is an art form where filmmakers were able to make movies in the ruins of World War Two. You saw that. Did you ever see that movie Time for Drunken Horses, which was made by the Kurdish filmmaker while Saddam was literally gassing their people? Oh, and my God. You, you've got a beautiful movie coming out of 1991 from a Kurdish filmmaker in the midst of a war zone. Uh, this is how films are made uh, on an independent level. They're usually wars anyway. And then putting them in the midst of a literal war uh, that led to we talked about the bicycle thieves earlier that. You know, World War II was still going on when the Bicycle Thieves was made, and they were shooting in the ruins of, of Rome. It was pretty incredible. Um, if if a filmmaker can't be inspired by this kind of stuff, and if they're you know if the seeds that they've creatively planted uh, can't find the sunlight through this, then I just don't. I mean, I mean, I'm writing a lot. I, I'm finding this stuff to be pretty invigorating. I'm. I want to hit with a sprint the second this stuff is all over. I'd like to be in pre-production on the movie that we were about to be in pre-production on as soon as this is over. I want to, I just want to get rolling. Well, I, I, I'm like you. I'm, I'm excited about the prospect of getting, I mean, I was, I'm in the middle of making a documentary and we had to stop down. We had to stop production <clears throat> because we can't exactly bring people in to do when people are quarantined at home. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. So we had to, I mean, we're just waiting for all of this to be lifted. I think it's going to be late May or June before we can pick up shooting again. So it definitely slides um, our entire schedule for, for getting this documentary done. It's it's a documentary about Attack of the Show called Attack of the Dock. But I remember. And, down. So, but now it's shifting your entire festival schedule. And you have to look at the fact that you're going to be shooting in May and June at the earliest. And then how hard are you going to hustle to make that South by Southwest or uh, Sundance you know, deadline if it holds in September. Yeah. See, you're a mind reader. Cause that's our goal is to, um, Absolutely. Is to submit to both of those festivals. And I think that it's going to be a race. I mean, right now we're just working on things that we can do without shooting, which is a lot of library and asset, you know, media management and things like that, you know, not, not very sexy or exciting stuff is, as shooting, but once we get to shooting, I mean, uh, you know, and also with the doc, you kind of want time to like let stuff kind of germinate and 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 you know um, uh, brew uh, a, a bit. It's uh, you know, so I don't know. Um, we'll see. I mean, we just we just want to wrap our shooting before summer, and then and then see where we are and submit a cut. I'm not going to definitively say it's the cut, but a cut to South by and and Sundance, and then you know, see, see where we are from there. But I think right. and Heidi and I totally got our butts kicked on finishing our short film for those festivals. And now the festivals oh, wow. started to cancel and delay. And I spent $1,600 on festival submissions alone Jeez. between now and in December. And yeah. that money I'm seeing it all in emails saying, Hey, we're either canceled or postponed. And I, you know, not that you ever expect to make money back uh, on a short film, or a film period, but 
uh, I'd like the movie to be seen and I'd like the movie to play a festival. If these festivals are all being canceled or postponed, it's a problem. And this movie that I wanted to start shooting in May or June, I'm not going to start hopefully starting to shoot in September and October. And what's left there? Uh, maybe Toronto, but Toronto is cutthroat. Yeah. You know, and you have to start. I mean, fil- independent filmmakers shift their schedules based on the festival circuit. And right. the festival circuit is all shifting now. So it's really all up in the air right now. Yeah, true. Well, I think I, the, the one thing is I do believe that this is going to be rough going until the early fall, till September, October. It's going to be it's going to be rough. I expect that the economy is going to boom in the fourth quarter, which is why I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that one of these cons decides to reschedule, that it's not WonderCon is not canceled. San Diego Comic-Con is not canceled. They're, they're, in fact, what I believe is, is that they're waiting to make some kind of announcement, which is that, you know, barring, barring things changing dramatically, that San Diego Comic-Con will take place in November. Maybe it's the first week of November. Who knows? And then all your badges and pro badges are set. Your, you can change the dates. You'll be able to change the dates on your hotel stay. So, Jonathan, you'll be able to keep your hotel. And I also believe there's uh, been rumors swirling about that that AMC Theaters is is going bankrupt and they're going to go out there. I'll tell you what AMC Theaters is doing. AMC Theaters is very smart. They're filing for bankruptcy protection. That doesn't mean they're going out of business. Basically, it's AMC Theaters saying, we just want to pay 10 cents on the dollar of all of our bills, not we don't want to pay all of our bills. So it's a way, their bankruptcy is really a way to stay in business. And I believe you're going to see a lot of other businesses that are going to be filing for bankruptcy. It's all about protecting them so that they don't have to pay as, as, as much in rent when they're not actually bringing dollars in. And I think that if these the judges that preside over these bankruptcy cases are smart. They'll do everything they can to keep these businesses alive. So I'm very optimistic. I'm very optimistic about cons. I hope that San Diego Comic-Con um, decides to reschedule and not cancel because I think that they're on that bubble where things will still be iffy. So, But what do you say about the comic book stores? Will they still be there in November and December? Because they, they are not an AMC or uh, a right. major theater chain, but they are the distribution arm of the comic book industry, and they're all mom and pop shops. How yeah. are they going to file for that? And when we look up in October and November, will there still be mom and pop comic book stores? Here, here's the depressing thought about this i actually think that the majority of comic book stores will go under they don't in fact i saw a documentary about this that i would like to recommend to your listeners it's called my comic shop country i interviewed the director on the film threat youtube channel and the film threat podcast i, I notice how i work in these plugs organically no um, i mean okay. honestly if, if, my, if my audience is all sitting here binge viewing there's no better resource than you right, right. now Chris, because well, well, you, you've got these really amazing <laughs> movies on your website that we've never heard about and my audience should be listening to them Right. Well, my comic, well, my comic shop country, you, you need to see it, Jonathan, because I know you, you're major into comics. It's, uh, it's about how comic book stores struggle and it's, it documents a particular comic book store called alternate realities. And it documents this store going out of business. It's um, it, it was shot in 2015, 2016, but, but it's basically, it may as well be present day. This documentary also, by the way, is on Amazon prime. So if you have Amazon prime, you can watch my comic shop country right after finishing 
listening to this podcast. Um, but but it, it's a really amazing documentary. I actually don't think that comic shops. I think it's going to be tough for them to come back. I think I think there's going to be a consolidation of a bunch of shops. I'm I'm in uh, Pasadena where um, I'm lucky enough. Comics Factory is here, and um, another one, Collectibles Paradise, is here. Two comic shops I'm close to. Also, uh, I, Ed, Ed runs really good stores. Yeah, great stores. Golden Apple Comics is a comic shop that I went to for years on Melrose Avenue when I lived in the area. But um, and and I drop in every every now and then. So. It's going to be sad. I, I think that the business model is going to have to change. I think I think they're going to have to get creative. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, but, I, you know, so I don't I don't know. I mean, there are already rumblings that DC comics like what, why or DC and Marvel were talking like, well, why are we even physically printing these? Why don't we just go to digital only? So you hear rumblings like that I'm not a digital comics fan. I can't. I can't read it. Neither am I. Sorry. And and only, and I think only 10% of the readership is digital, but on the film side, you see something like trolls world tour, having the number one opening uh, digitally. And people, people are a little more towards gravitating towards digital, digital releases for their films than they are towards the comic books. And I think that you can still have a communal event and watch a movie at home. Right, but you can't really do it with a comic book, and it feels like if you're into comics, uh, you're going to be reading them by yourself. And the one thing that has kind of kept comics uh, in print is the comic book store. It's the right. idea that you're going to go and you're going to discover something, or you're going to get a recommendation from a uh, a live human being. And going to the comic book store is a weekly event that is kind of has a level of discoverability to it where you it, like a convention you show up and just want to discover something maybe there's something new that's gonna uh excite me and that stuff has completely gone out the window and i think with it is the comic book industry um dc and marvel are gonna be fine they're owned by conglomerates but i don't see how i mean in boom did just did you see the 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 news that boom just signed like a giant first look deal with netflix no i didn't for see all their materials they have like 20 titles that are currently in development, but, uh, and Valiant is owned by a pretty large company now. Um, but what do you do with some of the smaller downstream comic book indies? Uh, <laughs> I think, I think there's going to be a bit of a thinning out, uh, even next, even if we do have a postponement till November and of course, Comic-Con 2021, I don't think that floor is going to have the same makeup uh, when you start looking at some of the indie exhibitors. You see, that's the thing I'm concerned about also is Comic-Con not coming back this year means I, I think that a lot of these businesses may not be around. Like, how do they fill a convention floor with companies that may have gone under? I mean, are, are, it's, it's really going to be about weathering the storm. What I'm hoping is that the delay on an announcement about San Diego Comic-Con happening is because they are making arrangements to do something else. They want to have a definitive answer. And I feel like we need that kind of good news. We need something to look forward to, right? Like, and not just, you know, a Black Widow opening in, in November, right? Like, or for me, Dune, um, I feel like something to look forward to an event where we can all kind of like, uh, I don't know, uh, commiserate what, what what we've all been through. I feel like in a way, in a way, um, watching Infinity War um, and Endgame with the snap has prepared us for this. Because when you look at how trauma, <laughs> when you look at how traumatized the characters were in Endgame, it's just like, oh, we, this is the snap. We're living in the snap right now. Oh, You're great. right. Yeah, this is the five year period after Thanos <laughs> right. is erased. 
Yeah. And now we're just sitting here waiting for Thor to come back, cut his head off for us to go back in time and fix things. Right. Right. I just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what San Diego comic-con will announce. I don't think virtual cons are enough as much as I think it's, it's a fine solution temporarily. That's, that's not how humans were wired or built. We're built for, we're social animals. We're, 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 you know, we're wired to the, the discoverability. You've brought it up several times. Discoverability is so critical. That's when I walk into a comic shop, I want to discover something new. I, you know, it's, and I don't go to a comic shop necessarily. I mean, I do go to buy stuff, but buy stuff is almost my second reason to go to a comic shop. I go to a comic shop to have conversations. I go to a comic shop. I've had some of the best conversations I wish were recorded as podcasts at comic shop with just like people I randomly met or, you know, the person behind the cash register. It's just, um, you know what it's like. Comic shops are about community. So, and so are conventions. So I think that I think that getting back to that sooner rather than later um, is going to help at least lessen the time uh, for the economy to make a comeback because they're estimating it's going to take five years to get back to where we were. I'm fingers crossed. I'm an optimist. I, I hope it's less. And I think that a big push in fourth quarter uh, w- would help all of us. Well, I agree with you, buddy. Um, well, when this is over, maybe I come to Pasadena and we go grab lunch. And we'll go ahead and invite fellow Pasadenaite, uh, Brendan Steer, as well. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, I know, I know I, all the good happy hours in Pasadena. So Brendan is one of the former guests on Geekscape that I had uh, in person before this all happened. And he's the Velocipaster guy. And I saw him at your award show, and then I saw him for Geekscape, and then this whole thing got shut down. So oh, that's great. Well, let's, let's get together. Let's all get together after this. When, once things loosen up and when restaurants open, I'll tell you this, I cannot wait for restaurants to open. One thing I've learned is I am a terrible cook. I am just like, <laughs> seriously, I have a chicken pot pie that's been baking right now uh, that, that I need to get to for my life. I am, I'm so tired of this food. Like it's the worst just get me, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not ready to get carry out. I'm sorry. I just, I'm not ready to get carry out just yet. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay safe, but, but um, once those restaurants open, dude, I am there. I cannot wait. Well, let's do that. And Geekscape is if you are sitting here whiling away the hours as well, after you listen to the show, go over to filmthreat.com. Uh, they've been a fantastic resource for us. Uh, for decades and they continue to be, especially now that you guys are looking for things to binge and maybe you finished up whatever you were watching and you're like, what, what's next? Or I want to discover something. Uh, Filmthread.com has a fantastic, fantastic archive of reviews and interviews with indie filmmakers and, uh, and it's a perfect resource. And I know that when we make another indie film, we're going to hit you up for more of it. <laughs> oh, count me, hey, dude, count me in. And then also, you know, uh, you get a review on the Film Threat website. You are eligible to be nominated for Award This. So oh, that's the only that qualification. Awesome. That's it. The only qualification <laughs> is you just have to be reviewed on Film Threat. We have to have seen your movie. That's, that's it. Like, that's, you know, um, so it's, it's, it's a low bar. Uh, but but um, yeah, I really hope, uh, yeah, I hope you can submit your, if you're ready to be reviewed, you might, I mean, if you're hitting the festival circuit, I would, I would actually suggest that you wait, um, mm-hmm. wait until, what uh, wait until just, you get distribution. <laughs> we could have a whole other podcast just about indie film distribution and, and marketing and release. Uh, you know, 
I could talk to you about that for hours, but, um, but Jonathan, it's just always a pleasure to talk to you. You're, you're one of the people I look to because what I love about you, um, you're on the short list of people that I love talking to whenever I run into you, but also you have a positivity that um, you just exude positivity. And I love that about you. And um, I think it's amazing. So um, let's just get through this. Um, well, thank you, sir. Sometimes I'm just too naive to know how bad things have gotten. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, I think, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, Geeks gave us, that's Chris Gore. Again, visit filmthreat.com. And let's keep our fingers uh, crossed that we are out of this in the next couple of months and back to normal. And that means a big-ass comic book convention in the flesh, not virtual and I can give all you Geekscapist hugs. And you guys can maybe meet Chris and hang out with him. Uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new Geekscape. Thank you, Chris, for joining us. And again, dude, um, this has been great. Thanks. Thanks, Jonathan. Take care. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 